Welcome to episode 66 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for Hockey Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pros. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings in Hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan, and I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski, Scott Harrington, and producer Dan Humphrey with On Air we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Athletic Performance Insight. APIs, easy to use, affordable technology, designed specifically for amateur hockey, provides every team the opportunity to benefit from video and analytics. Teams use the API app to track events in real time. Event data is used to generate sports and simplify video review, athletic performance insight, amateur hockey, elite technology, professional results. Go to athleticperformanceinsight.com today to learn more about how this tool and view a demo of the video. Well, falls in the air, and that means IPAs are strong. Here we are. Oh, hello, Mr. Harrington. Mr. Harrington with the collision bend. Uh, it's, it's no good. Free ads. No free ads. No free ads. It's good to be back with all you guys here. And of course, Danny's not in studio, but, um, we look forward to a great show tonight. Uh, and this week, uh, we're going to talk with the T show again. They're up and running. They're going, uh, Tim Driscoll, who's the commissioner of the tri-states collegiate hockey league is going to join us as well as others from that league. So we look forward to talking to him, the commissioner coaches from the, uh, the league and players from the league as well. So this is going to be a great show. Talk about the tea show. And sooner or later, we got to get our asses down to Kentucky for a midnight yes. uh, showing. I mean, Jay. It, 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 I thought it was in the budget. I thought we were already set. I mean, he says yes, but I don't see action yet, bro. No, no. I just see him cracking open collision bend IPAs. No free ads. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We got to – shoot. You guys are the ones with the busy schedule in the once hockey season stops start so let me know what we yeah but i make the schedule scott figure <laughs> <laughs> about two months tonight. i make the schedule so just let me know and and listen i guarantee you danny's our head coach of our uh, uh varsity b team i guarantee you if, if you tell us when you want to go we'll free some time up there might not be a game that day just a hunch just going on a limb so hey i just i want to i want to say this before we get going uh and hopefully you guys have been well uh but Danny, I know your son Emmett, and I love, and I have to say this, man, because my girls are older now. But I love watching the videos of, of you know, obviously Halloween yesterday, and and love you guys have kids about the same age mm-hmm. together. Scott and I are the old people here, but um, you, you've told us that that Emmett loves to try to look for monsters and goblin goblins and ghouls or whatever they are, right? Scott Harrington has the best street for you to go find in Bay. Well, I call it Bay Village. <laughs> West side of Cleveland in the village. Right. It never rains in, in Bay Village. He, he showed me, and I don't know if you want to show him the, the videos. I just sent you some clips, Danny. He, he sent me the videos. Of, it's out of control. Ridiculous. So, There's a guy who from uh, who's a set designer at one of the one of the theaters down in the theater district who does like live action. They've done a Wizard of Oz thing where the witch disappeared they did uh 
they did Jurassic Park. They had the, the Jeeps painted in the front yard, tipped over, and and they did. They have a pirate ship in their front yard this year. So, so he was showing this to me today, and I said, "You got to get with Danny. Like Emmett would love this stuff." And you know, Mrs. Humphrey, I know, is a big fan of it. You know, so um, we'll have to get over there. It'll be up for a couple of days, I'm sure. It's not like they're going to take. Then a yeah, we'll have to make our try to make a trip out there. We we currently told them though. That hey, there's Mrs. Humphrey right there. <laughs> Every day I love you. Every day I love you. Love you. That the monsters are, uh, they went to Halloween Town no, for the year. Mon- or oh, Monsterland, I apologize. They went to Monsterland for the year. Can can we get Mrs. Humphrey on, online real quick or to, to join us and put your phone in? Hey, can you come over here? Hey, can you come over here? Can you say please? Jesus. <laughs> hey, Miss Hey Marty Manners, how are you? Hi. <laughs> so we had can you uh Mrs. Humphrey, can you hear us? Yeah. So uh Danny just received video from a place in a street in Bay Village. Okay. Right? Bay Village. That's like Bay Village. The villages. And the first time that I was shown this video, I said, Oh my gosh, Emmett would love this. Right. How do you feel about monsters and all that? They are in my house everywhere. I love the fact that you said Mr. Dan one-ups me every time on on, uh, social media. He, are we on air? Yeah, we will be. Say whatever. Are we on the air? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sitting here with headphones on. What do you think? We're on the air. Look at that. I got an IPA. That's how we roll. He, um, well, I bought the monster, the six foot monster. And then within less than like 16 hours, a 12 foot monster showed up. So then after that, well, of course, Danny had to one up it. So then a dragon showed up and then a giant bat showed up and then two eyeballs and then 10 ghosts. So, and the majority of it was bought to put into the yard. All right. I'm sure you saw these pictures, but Lev, as I, uh, discussed with you Emmett has learned how to unlock every door and get out of the house yes so we now had to put the chain locks on top um so he would he would sneak out of the house to uh go in the front yard and look at these monsters and we wouldn't know where he was are you kidding me so for the past two weeks we've had a six foot dragon the six foot uh ghost and a six foot bat on a tombstone constantly blown up in the house just taking over the living room oh my gosh i didn't know he got out of the house danny true story i had my my youngest daughter molly slept walk so bad that like we literally had to do the same thing like we'd find her outside of our house we were at uh, uh a cottage of one of our former colleagues uh at holy name who let us use this cottage and it was right on lake erie and we found her walking down the beach at like two o'clock in the morning. It's stuff. scary stuff, dude. Yeah. So I, dude, I, I, this, that is an honestly God, true story. Dude. That's crazy. It's nuts. Like she would sleepwalk so bad. We would put, if we had to go into a hotel, we would put all of our bags. We would stack all of our bags in front of the door. Cause she would sleepwalk so bad. And there's there's a, the uncomfortable pause right there. Uncomfortable <laughs> silence right there. 
it's one thing when you're awake and your kid's trying to get out of the house. No, no, it's scary. But if you're asleep. It's, yeah. Yeah. So Danny, I, I get it, man. I get it, man. Well, Mrs. Humphrey, thanks for joining us. She, uh, I turned her off, so she can't hear you. Okay. Well, tell her thank you. He's, everyone says thank you. Oh, yeah. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. What, what are we having for dinner tonight, Dan? Since you're at home and we're not, we're in the studio. Well, we got some chicken mushroom pasta from Costco. And some homemade garlic bread. Are you eating it right now? And we're we're not. We're in the studio. I'm not eating it right now. No, you're in the studio, um, drinking a Collision Ben IPA. Oh, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting till we decide to let in our first guest out of the waiting room. Then I'm going to start eating. So I have a Columbus IPA. <clears throat> uh, the boss man has a Collision Ben, <clears throat> and Lev has Collision Ben Sea Town. So. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, Scott, what's going on with you? But Danny, I thought you would appreciate that uh, that street over there. Oh, we will definitely be checking it out. Scott, what's new, buddy? Uh, went on a college visit on Saturday, Ooh. so that made me feel old. Yeah, not as serious. My son's only in tenth grade, but uh, you know, just showing him what a dorm <laughs> looks like and looking around. We looked around BG. Okay, which seems like a really good fit for him. I don't know if they'll have what he wants to study or not because he doesn't know what he wants to study yet, but. Far enough, like not too far, but far enough, you know, that he's away. Well, listen, nice I have a daughter school. who's who's a year older than your son, and we've yet to do college visits. So yeah. you want to talk about someone who feels like he's uh, not pulling his weight right now. That's me. Yeah. Well, it, it was like I said, we're not applying or anything like that, but it was just uh, it was a good experience. Just give an idea of what it's all about, you know. So we did that on uh, Saturday, and then obviously Sunday was Halloween. Nice. Nice. Uh, Jay, how was Halloween with the kids? Oh, Halloween was fantastic. Let's see. I saw a ghost. I saw a goblin. I saw Easy E. <laughs> I saw Easy E. Easy E. I did is not that know. The guy, is that the guy with the clock? No, that's Flavor Flav. Oh, okay. I saw Easy E uh, where I live. That's an anomaly because there's no way in hell uh, Easy's down there because we all know Easy passed away. But, anyways, uh, he was about a 75-year-old man, flanneled out, looked like he was ready to do a shoot with a, a cutlass, maybe had some spinners on it, and hydraulics. It was fantastic. Kids had a good time. Well, that's cool. Uh, little easy E. <laughs> I've never felt more, more unappreciated in my life. Oh, no, that's cool. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. What did you say again? Easy E. Great story. Yeah, that's you're an uh... idiot. <laughs> All right, a little easy. Yeah, cool. yeah we, we had a, I had a fire last night. It was nice. Um, tell you what, high school hockey is is up and running, as we all know, Dan and and Lev. And, you know, we're full into it right now. And, and Dan, you're, you're you got a morning practice tomorrow. And. Uh, I'm just so happy that we actually are able to have a somewhat normal season. You know, we got some scrimmages coming up this year. and Happy and, to be in a rink. You know, last year we sat here at this time and we said, we don't know what's going to happen. Let's just play. We're happy to play. And again, we were. We're just happy to play. Uh, but I, I just, I, 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 like I told you guys early in the uh, some other podcasts, that watching my daughter play in front of fans, in front of that student section cheering, you know, I mean, I, and I haven't talked since, but going through that state tournament that she's going through uh, in volleyball and just having that, that the arena feels 
a little bit thicker than it did earlier, you know, and that's, that is something that's special. That's high school sports special. And, and you know what? We got through what we had to get through. We're not done. We got to be safe, but here we are today. And hopefully we can have a good uh, hockey season for everybody, no matter what happens, but everybody just enjoy them themselves. And and I want to say to our listeners, pack the rinks, make those young men and women feel what they've missed, right. What they've missed. Right. You know, and and they missed a lot last year. So, you know, get out there, support, get in the rinks and and make sure that they feel the, the, the right way. So I I know what it felt like in the volleyball court and it was unbelievable. So uh, here we go. This period of the Ohio hockey digest on air podcast is brought to you by the United States premier hockey league. The USPHL had more than 1,200 alumni playing college hockey last year and more than 250 playing pro hockey, including the National Hockey League. Now with six teams in the Ohio Hockey Digest coverage areas, there has never been more opportunity for hockey players from Ohio to start working their way up to junior hockey ladder. Learn more from USPHL.com. Let's get on air with Tim Driscoll, the commissioner of the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League. If you follow the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League, you know how the Hockey League has grown in recent years. Now with 10 teams in the region, six of them in Ohio, in a new two-division format, the TSCHL is a force in the American Collegiate Hockey Association. All right, let's welcome on air Tim Driscoll, the commissioner of the, the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League. Um, obviously, in your role as commissioner, Tim, you are in touch with all 10 of the member schools. Uh, what are some common themes you're hearing around the league about the T-Show's return to the ice this year? And, and by the way, I have to say this. Now that the T-Show is in full go, we, we here uh, on the podcast, uh, we, you know, we look forward to an invite to at least one of the big games. Yeah, well, you're on the hook for that midnight madness thing in, um, in Kentucky, and I'm holding you to that. So as your schedule permits, I'll make myself available for that. So, Oh, oh boy. <laughs> so so what, are the common, what are the common themes you're hearing around the league, you know, when it comes to all 10 teams? I mean, you put together a hell of a freaking league. I mean, let, congratulations to you, your staff, and your group to do this. And, uh, you know, we look forward to following and watching and seeing in person now – uh, your league, but what what are some things you're hearing around the league? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for that. We appreciate. It. We do think we got something pretty special uh, with the combination that we've been able to put together here. But you know, um, at the risk of belaboring an, an issue that's been persisting with all of us for some time now, but one of the things we still hear about is this COVID thing has not totally resolved itself, right? Meaning we're back in play, but each of the schools have their own protocols for it. So that's one dynamic, like what happens, and it has happened. We've had postponements already because of COVID. So we're still, there's some commonality with navigating that. And then there's a little bit of a hangover from the prior year in terms of um, reconstituting rosters. You know, you had that whole lost year. And so the coaches I talked to, it's a common theme about, hey, we lost some guys because, um, you know, that year away, impacted our incoming recruiting and that upperclassmen just decided, Hey, you know, um, I need to hunker down and finish off um, my, my studies. And um, they just decided for whatever reason to not return to hockey. So 
that's been an interesting and unique dynamic that I wouldn't ordinarily, you know, be expecting to be dealing with. So you expanded to 10 teams, two divisions. This, uh, it was last season, correct? We did, but of course, you know, we really didn't well, execute. Right. That. So how will the, how will the division alignment affect the league tournament format? So um, if you indulge me, I'll talk about how it'll affect the league in general. And then yeah. the implications of that for, for the, the, um, so it's, it's a little unique, right? Um, 10 teams. So if you played every team in the league, you're going to find yourself having 18 league games. And we decided that was just too many because um, people wanted the flexibility to schedule rivals or really focus on certain parts of their strength of schedule. So you play your, your own division, you play each opponent twice, and then you play your cross division opponent one time. You can play them two, but only one of the game counts for league standings. And it's always the first game. So there's no debate about how that looks. So that, that transpires throughout the course of the season. And then come playoff time, you cross over. So North one plays South four, um, North two plays South three. And, and so you're crossing over um, into the tournament with the hopes that um, obviously you'll end up having a North-South championship game. So top four in each division make it? That's correct. So when they play each other, that, that uh, when they cross over and play one time, at least per record or, or per league, it, does that alternate in difference in season? So you could play one, you know, you're playing at sake argument, Miami one year, you're playing at Ohio state the next. It's, it's the intent. That's the spirit of the setup, yep. but um, we don't necessarily require it. There could be some reason that it makes sense to travel up to Michigan two years in a row. So we're, we're, right. we don't require it, but it's, a, it's encouraged to be alternated. And so will the, will the uh, league tournament be held at Bowling Green again this spring? It won't. Um, we had we had a wild card thrown at us where the ACHA changed their scheduling this year um, when regionals will start. They moved it up a week, and that uh, unfortunately meant that BG could not host it. They just didn't have the ice available to them. So, and they deserve it, by the way. They deserve to host that tournament. So now that we understand the new cadence of the ACHA, they'll get it next year. And in the meantime, Xavier will host it in the uh, upcoming, this upcoming season down in uh, Cincinnati. In the 2020, 2022 spring? That's correct. Okay, cool. Now, one other piece of interesting news, perhaps you're aware of it, but maybe not related to all of this, is the Tri-State will also be hosting the regional, the national tournament, um, Southeast Regionals will be, ha- will be the host for that. And that'll be when the top uh, 14 teams from around um, the country in our region will uh, meet in Columbus. Comes out of that round of playing and plays in the national tournament, which is held in St. Louis this year. All right, Coach. Well, at this point, we got Greg Corcoran here from Ohio State. We're going to bring him on if you uh, join us uh, for that, if you will. Sure. Let's welcome on air. Ohio State head coach, Greg Cochran. Greg, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, uh, Commissioner Driscoll's on with us as well. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, how are you transplanted from New England to Columbus? Uh, so we moved out here in 2012 um, for my job. 
Um, I work in investments in the finance world and I work for a firm in Boston. Um, one of our clients was uh, the Ohio Public Employee Retirement System. Um, so that moved us out here. It was supposed to be a two-year contract. And then towards the end of that contract, timing sort of all aligned and a spot opened up on the on the team within OPERS that I was working with. And I applied and yeah, we've been here ever since. So, you know, you're here. What's your impression of hockey and the ecosystem of hockey here in Ohio? Uh, coming from where you came from in New England? Uh, it's it's certainly different. Um, there are definitely not as many teams to play for, which I think is good and bad uh, in a lot of aspects. Good in the in the sense that, um, you know, the talent pool is, is rich out here and the competition is good. Um, but the bad side of it is it's not growing the game of hockey the way you know, I would like it as, you know, it's, it's a lot different. It seems like up in Cleveland where there's a lot of guys playing and a lot of people there. So you come from a very storied background of Matt Young high school, 10 time Massachusetts state title and 19 NHL draft picks. So you come to Columbus with a huge background of hockey. Yes. And they're very lucky to have you there. So you come here for work and then you pick up the, the, uh, the job at Ohio state um, you know, how do you bring that Massachusetts style into, into Ohio? Well, I think it's just, it's getting, you know, it's setting the expectations for the team. I think that's where it starts. Um, and, you know, the game of hockey has changed so much from when I started playing to, you know, when I was in college, all the rule changes, uh, hits to the head and everything. So it's really just open the game up. So now I think, the biggest thing for me is just setting the expectations of um, how I want them to play the, you know, the concepts within our systems that, that we want them to implement. And then at the end of the day, just kind of letting them go play. Um, That's where I think players are the most successful. Um, Nobody likes when coaches nitpick during, you know, after every shift and, you know, you just want to play the game and make it as fun as possible for them. But set the bar with the expectations that we need to be at a certain level um, to compete night in and night out. Were the players all still wearing Mohawks when you were at Manion? Uh, so that is actually <laughs> the, uh, so that started, I think in, I think that started the year I was born in 84. And then um, I'll tell you how old Scott and is. <laughs> and uh, so that was uh <laughs> Our our mascot you lost was the, yourself right into that one, brother. <laughs> our mascot was the Warriors, and uh, the the guys on that first uh, state championship team that did that. Nobody knew that they were going to do it, so it's sort of been a uh, you know a rite of passage when you make the state final that the Matt and on guys come with uh, Mohawks. But the program's changed quite a bit there. Um, they've moved to a um, like a hockey academy setup. Uh, which seems to be pretty popular in the East Coast now. And so the the high school team itself is no longer around, uh, but the program is still alive. So when you arrived in Columbus, you started out at St. Charles Prep on the JV, coaching the JV team. Yep. Um, what was the connection that led you to the opportunity at Ohio State? Um, it was actually a guy I worked with. Um, so he sort of set me up in the hockey world. His name's Eric Cagnina. Uh, he also runs the athletic performance insight, um, on the analytics side. Um, so he, 
he sort of got me in touch with, you know, some people in the hockey world around here. And I started playing some, you know, morning skates at Ohio state and met some people through him. And that's where I got hooked up with St. Charles. And then uh, when we had our first child, um, I sort of stepped back from hockey for a little bit and, you know, we're kind of through pandemic kind of sitting around and Eric reached out to me and said, Hey, the Ohio state club team is uh, looking for a coach. And I told them that you might be interested. So I sat down and talked with my wife and she was actually the one that gave me the go ahead. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for her and her allowing That's how me to we do all this. operate, Greg, we yeah. all operate that. <laughs> but you'd still be coaching at Ohio state. You'd just be living in an apartment by yourself. Right. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Hey, I don't know yeah. if you can see Tim on the zoom, but he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I took about four years off there. I, I, I <laughs> and you mentioned Eric We have a catchphrase around here. No free ads, but he's actually a sponsor of the podcast. So we're more than happy to have yeah. him be mentioned. It's a great product, well. man. He did. He did a lot for us in the state tournament last year. Um, you know, we worked with him all year last year. Awesome product. Yeah. And I would, I would love uh, for the T show to kind of work with this guy. Cause this guy, uh, Tim, I got to tell you, this guy's got it on, man. He's got the right thing. Uh, and hopefully you guys can work with him. We've actually had some preliminary chats, believe it or not. Good, good, good. good. So Greg, you took the reins at Ohio state in June of 2020, right in the height of the, the COVID pandemic. So you've had to kind of wait, to see your players in actual game situations. That must've been an excruciating wait, first of all, but um, now that you've actually had them on the team or on the ice, the team on the ice for a few games, how have they lived up to your expectations so far this season? Yeah, that was, that was really hard uh, just because of all the uncertainty. We weren't sure, you know, when the season was going to start, we were just sort of playing everything like everybody else just, you know, we were all sort of at the mercy of the administrations and, and the, uh, you know, the, the powers that be. Um, so I really wanted to get in there and, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, missing out on a few kids that would have come back for their senior year, but, you know, some things, you know, don't work out, but, uh, so far I've been really impressed with the guys. Um, they, they come to work, uh, they know the expectations that we set and, uh, you know, we had two tough games against Cincinnati. They were, uh, they had already played a, a handful of games before us. So, you know, I think when we got later into those games, our legs really weren't there. So we've sort of, we've addressed that. And uh, our last game against Indiana was our best game yet. And, uh, you know, it was a full 60 minute effort from everybody up and down the lineup. And uh, I've been very impressed. We're able to roll four lines uh, that pretty much all come at you uh, with the same style of play. There's there's no major drop off and we have six defensemen that, you know, can all skate and move the puck and our goalies are really strong in that so far. So I've been very happy with them. And I think, uh, you know, when we start getting to an area that really the level that I want to be at, this team is going to be very dangerous. Well, coach, you mentioned about your five to one road win over Indiana on October 23rd. Um, who has emerged as the leaders on the ice and in the room for your, your team and are you ready to dive into this league schedule? Because it's a tough schedule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a uh, our our leader our leadership group is is not just the guys with the you know with the letters on their sweaters, but uh, you know our captain Jordan Hoy has has really stepped up even in practice. Just you know the putting uh, you know all the details that we want out of them. He really puts everything uh, 
you know, first and foremost. And then our, uh, our president of our team, Alex Vineyard, is one of our assistant captains. And he uh, also just really leads by example and is a, um, he's on top of everything administratively. And, and then our other captains, Brandon Questel and uh, Jake Simarusti of all, you know, every guy's been good. And it's not just those guys. We have, you know, uh, Andrew Ebersall on the back end, Hawkins Salt, um, a lot of guys. And then even some of the younger guys with, uh, you know, some of our sophomore guys like, uh, you know, Valentino Carriero and um, Carson Johnson have all, you know, really, really been real solid additions to the team. So you're on here. Uh, we do appreciate your time and talking about your team. And, and, you know, I know it's kind of a quick little segment, but um, you know, commissioner Driscoll's on with you and, you know, I, I don't want to put anyone on the spot here, but you know, uh, commissioner Driscoll, you got Ohio state here uh, in the league. Um, you know, what does that mean to have the Buckeyes in the league? Well, I mean, just first of all, from a brand, right. I mean, Ohio state is a known name and that's important for a lot of different reasons, but it's more important that they're not just a good brand um, in general, but the high academic standards at the school. So they bring a lot of uh, quality hockey, but then they also bring this academic standard. I've talked about that as long as you guys and I have been chatting, you know, it's not just about really good hockey teams. It's about good hockey teams that are chasing high academic uh, accomplishment as well. And anybody in any way you want to measure it, that's what the Buckeyes bring to the league. Class act, Greg's right-hand man, and Mark Runco is just a world-class guy and really is a big part of that program there as well. So important, important uh, part of our overall conference makeup is the Buckeyes. Well, Greg, we can't thank you enough for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Um, and from our you know, podcast, you know, don't be shy. Join us again, and, and let's talk a little bit of hockey with you. Yeah, sure. Anytime you uh... – Anytime you guys want me, I'd be uh, more than happy to join. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. All right. No problem. Good luck to you the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. Join us on air from the Dayton Flyers, Charlie Huscroft and Matt DeMarco. Hey, Charlie, thanks for joining us tonight. Let's start with the guy we are a little bit more familiar with, a former Walsh Jesuit blue liner uh, that caused many teams havoc in this area. Uh, Charlie, you are jumping from the Great Lakes Hockey League to an ACHA. What had, what's your impressions been so far of the level of play from Great Lakes Hockey League to the T-Show? Uh, I think the Great Lakes Hockey League really set me up uh, to play college hockey, club, club hockey. Um, you know, obviously playing in the GLHL, we're playing some of the best teams in the state of Ohio um, and even playing some of these guys here um, in college. So, yeah, I think it set me up really well. Um, pace of play is a little bit faster here. You got to keep your head up, move the puck a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, I think it, it set me up well. Uh, and I'm just happy to still be playing college hockey and uh, kind of playing on some of the guys I used to play with. And I love playing here at Dayton. So one of the big things that we talk about in, in obviously being a student athlete, and that's, I mean, truthfully, that's the name of the game, right? Um, you know, what are you studying? What role have you been able to carve out uh, for yourself as an 18-year-old freshman? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in the School of Business here at, at uh, UD. I'm studying entrepreneurship, and it's, it's definitely been a pretty big adjustment, I'd say, uh, kind of trying to find that balance between, you know, only practicing two days a week, but also just having way more homework and stuff like that. Um, but it's been a solid adjustment. The guys have made it 
uh, really easy for me. Uh, I'm sure DeMarco could say the same thing for him last year is, uh, you know, anytime we ever need anything or need to go to someone to talk to any about anything, uh, including school or hockey, we got a great group here. Um, and they, yeah, the whole, whole team's just been there for me, kind of made the transition easier um, with all the, all the new work and stuff like that. So to, to our young listeners uh, that maybe want to play in college at some point, you know, time management is a big thing. And this, this question can go to both of you guys, you know, coming out of high school, living at home, not really having to do time management. What's that like trying to, trying to manage your time to make sure that your academics, your athletics, and also your social life is input into place. Uh, I can jump in here. Uh, So after class, you know, you have so much free time before class and practice. And I know a lot of guys who get home and they just want to lay in bed. And a lot of them can, because they don't have that extra responsibility on their back of playing hockey. So you got to know, you got to come back and you got to know to do your stuff even when you're tired and stuff uh, before practice because you can't let the boys down and say you got too much homework and not miss practice. You know, and I think this is that that's what you just said right there, Matt. I think that's a great testament of what, um, and I'm going to continue to refer to as the T show because it's a great show, but what the T show has in mind, not only uh, athletics, but academics as well. And uh, you know, Tim, kudos to you and your staff for making sure that our, even the players, we talked to a coach earlier today, but even the players understand that's the role of the league. Yeah. Scott, you asked me earlier on a, in a few minutes ago about, you know, what does the Buckeyes bring to the table? And I think the things that Charlie just said about, you know, having a support system around you and um, being able to go to anybody, whether it's for an academic challenge you're having or a personal challenge, readjusting to being away from home, Uh, that's the tradition that UD has. And when that's all in place, it creates this bonding experience amongst the team. And that's when the Flyers are at their best historically. So it's really kind of neat for me to hear Charlie talk in those words and Matt, for that matter, that um, that that's where the program's headed under um, Tony's leadership. So good for you guys. And I'm happy to hear that. Matt, um, I can't really see because of the glare. Are 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 you rolling the duster too? Oh yeah, I'm trying my best. I can zoom hey, in, but I, I hear no, no, no. I'm I trying like, my best. By the way, you I got like, close to the camera. I like how you got close to the camera. <laughs> yeah, I really do. And I think it's a great look. I, I really, really do. Uh, I can try. I, I can try and move over listeners. here. No, no, no. You, you do what you do, you buddy. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to because if, if I'm going to call Charlie for it, I got to call you out too. And I, I thought yeah. I could see it. I just, I, I love the look. It's fantastic. It's Movember. I get it. Hold on, real quick, Jake. Yeah, for our listeners. He literally got closer to yeah. his camera. Oh, it's perfect. It was absolutely yeah. perfect, man. You, you have to. Hey, Charlie, take that to the locker uh, tomorrow, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Matt, you're a defenseman as well, a Northeast Ohio product. Uh, yep. You played for the uh, AAA hockey for the Cleveland Wildcats mm-hmm. before heading to Dayton. Was last year your freshman year at Dayton? Yes, it was. So how did uh, basically a year off due to pandemic, how, how does it make you feel now that it's back going and everything is, I will use air quotes, normal oh it feels great yeah no it feels great last year was uh it was tough not being able to play but we still all hung out as a team and stuff but it feels a lot better to get back on the ice you know maybe a little more in shape than I was last year and and did that did that year off almost help as far as getting acclimated to the schooling and then then having to add in the athletic side of things after that 
Oh yeah, it you know it was a nice base, for sure, to yeah. get this whole new experience, get a nice year under your belt. And but, what do you? What do you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna uh, ask. What are, you, what are you studying? Oh, so right now I'm undecided, undecided with a pre-law minor. So, still figuring it out. Yet you have a pre-law minor. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Have you, have you found it? So, so you're in school for a year, not playing. Did you? Do you? Have you found it? I guess harder to to acclimate to the the schedule that you have now, or has it become? As was it easier because you had that year to get the year of school under your belt? Well, that first year was nice to get under my belt, but um, this year it's a whole lot different for me. Uh, with all in person classes, last year I could just kind of roll out of bed, but now it's it's a little different. But it was definitely it couldn't hurt in any way to have that extra year under my belt. So this question is for either of you or both of you. Uh, Flyers opened the season with a 5-3 win over Akron, but no W since then. You're in the middle of a two-week break right now. Um, what are you guys doing to take advantage of that uh, practice time uh, to prepare yourself to get the train back on the tracks with a home-and-home home coming up against uh, OU? Uh, yeah, so I think we've kind of uh, we've been a little bit banged up. A few guys have been out of lineup and uh, some younger guys are getting time, uh, which is definitely a good thing. But also we're kind of taking this time to recover um, and just kind of really focus in on things like power play, penalty kill uh, systems, things like that. And kind of uh, we're picking up, I think we're getting a little bit cleaner in just everything we do, uh, whether that be showing up to the rink, maybe, you know, a half hour earlier um, or just kind of uh, kind of bonding together. I think we're really starting to hit our stride. Um, and I think moving forward, uh, hopefully things will be a lot better and uh, we'll get a few more W's. So, I mean, W's got to be hard to get in that league. I mean, it's it's a tough league, and we know that, right? So, you know, trying to get one, trying to get two, which is, you know, trying to get yourself on the, on the right track is is going to be, I don't want to say a tough thing, but it's, it's tough for everybody in the league. Um, how do you approach every game uh, as a group? Oh, uh, every game I, is a fresh start, you know. You got to put the previous games behind you and just look ahead can't change the past you can only change what's in front of you so that's always good and we're definitely getting a lot closer as a team more chemistry off the ice which I think will um, directly impact our uh, on ice all right Charlie and uh, Matt uh, thank you for joining us and uh, uh, Commissioner you got anything for these two young men well, just stay focused on the things you said at the beginning, you know, strike that balance that um, these four years are going to go by quick, but uh, hockey is a really important part of the total equation, right? Both the academic and the sports. And I think you will find yourselves when you're walking out of that UD arena with your diplomas that having both, having successfully navigated both the athletic side and the academic side makes guys like me who hire guys like you uh, interested in you. So stay the course, stay focused. And have a lot of fun, man. It's 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 hard work, but have a lot of fun. Boy, some positive words right there. I mean, what you just said right there, Commissioner, to these young young men and and uh, guys. Good luck the rest of the year, and uh, you know, stay you know, stay in touch with us. And if you guys ever want to talk about uh, the Flyer hockey team, just uh, reach out to us, and uh, you know, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having us. What'd you guys do? What'd you guys do for Halloween? Oh, Halloween in Dayton's nuts, dude. I know. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a pretty big party. Uh so it was fun. Actually... Hey, whoa, 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 
It's called a gathering. It's called a gathering. It's not a party. Gathering, it's a gathering. gathering. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we got to start getting our verbiage better, man. Come on. If you're gonna get on Absolutely. air, you got to start getting your verbiage better. Yeah. It's a nice little yeah. gathering. What was yeah. your What was your costume this year? I, I went as a taco. A taco? Yeah. Matt, yeah, what I were you? Seen that. Uh, well, I, I couldn't find anything, so I actually uh, threw a Snow White costume on. That... That's a good that's a good fallback. Yeah. I like where you're going. I like it. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. Just happened to have that laying around. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I bought it. But... Jesus, man. That's awesome. All right. That's all right. Awesome. Uh, well, hey, thanks, thanks guys, uh, for joining us. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Let's welcome on air Hunter Wallace, a Ford for the Miami Redhawks. Hunter, you guys have started out to a scorching uh, start so far. Talk to me a little bit about the, the start of your season, leading up to your season, and how you guys got to where you're at right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, coming off of, um, you know, not have, not really having a season last year and kind of holding tryouts, at least, you know, we had a bunch of kids come out and, you know, us forming a team but not getting to really play a lot. We just only had inner squad kind of scrimmages and stuff like that so you know coming together as a team this year and fully you know having scheduled games and coming off a year it was my freshman year of where we actually made the national tournament down in Dallas Texas and kind of that how it got ripped out from the carpet right under us sure. um I think you know I think you know us just coming in this year well well just wanting to play and having that drive to get back on the ice again has really brought us together and um you know basically giving us the drive to win so so what has been the driving uh, force to the early success? I mean, listen, you, you guys have uh, – we're finally back. I don't want to say back because we're not fully back, but, you know, we're finally back to playing hockey again the way that we know with, you know, some fans in the stands, some arenas are, are full. But, you know, what's that driving force? You know, I think that driving force, at least for us, is just kind of, you know, once we got off from that kind of start where we're kind of playing, you know, teams that are basically close to us, like Xavier and stuff like that, where we get those good close wins. And just building off of each game weekend after weekend where we, you know, we're obviously, you know, when you come in and play your, you know, we had tryouts and we had a week, probably had a week until our first game. So once you kind of get to know each other and start to trust each other as a team, keep building on top of each other, it's fun and it's encouraging each week going into practice. And, you know, eventually when you go into those weekends, get those big wins against, you know, some teams, you know, eventually gets fun and fun to play with each other, build with each other and, uh, you know, just keep getting wins. You know, it's just, it's fun. It's, you know, it's a fun year for us. So. It's basically fun and then, uh, you know, working during the week. It's kind of our driving force. And uh, we got a couple of weeks coming up here. That should be a lot tougher for us. So We talk a lot about ACHA and, and the different leagues. And I, I will say this, that I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with the T-Show the, the League and, and, you know, every, the teams that are involved in it and the rivalries that are involved in it. You know, how do, how do you guys start your season and say, all right, uh, you know, these are the teams that we have to beat because these are our rivals. Or do you, or do you say, listen, we got to, I mean, obviously want to go, you know, undefeated every year, but you know, what, what games are there for you guys as a team in this league that is your competitive, like your rivals? Sure. No, definitely. I mean, especially in the T show, um, you know, past couple of weekends ago, Louisville is always a good, um, good opponent for us. There was hard, you know, they play in a gritty little place down there. So it's always a good, uh, good uh, arena to go and play at and uh, you know Louisville and you know those games where it's the nice tight gritty games you know UC we haven't played them yet but um, I've heard from the past guys from the past couple of years so those have been really tight close, close games so it's just the past games where you kind of hear those experiences and you know when you go looking forward um, along the lines we got you know Lindenwood and 
you know, other people, you know, other, you know, schools like that. I think it's just, you know, the past experiences, the rivalries, what you've heard, and, you know, what I've experienced my freshman year of how we had those close games, you know, especially in Goggin or, you know, away at their arena. Um, you know, it's just that driving force behind us that we're super excited, you know, and that's how we just prepare each week going into practice of, you know, on that Tuesday night when we, you know, when we go and get together on the ice at 1030, I think, you know, we get to have a little conversation before discussing kind of the week of, you know, what team, what team we got, and, you know, what, what's kind of the scouting report and how can we accomplish a win this weekend? So. So I got to make sure I'm reading this correctly. You have six goals, 11 assists for 17 points through the first 10 games. Whoa. I'd say you're dialed in. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Just an idea. So uh, tell us about growing up in Westerville and playing for the uh, AAA blue jackets. When did you start taking hockey seriously and who were some of your influences in and around the Columbus area? No, definitely for sure. So uh, I made the transition kind of over to serious hockey when I was 14 years old. I played actually growing up for the uh, Columbus Capitals in the AA program. And uh, kind of making that transition over to my 14-year year, I played under Luke Pavlis for the Ohio AAA Blue Jackets. And, uh, you know, making that big jump over to, you know, AAA is that, you know, you're gone most weekends. You're not pretty much in Ohio. You know, the time commitment factor comes in. And, you know, eventually when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, you got to, you know, college recruits, junior routes, everything like that. So that's kind of like the serious factor that kind of pulled in around me. And uh, I think, you know, a big thing growing up was, uh, you know, I guess, you know, our notable alum like Jack Rossovic, you know, Sean Corrali, um, you know, Kiefer and Cole Sherwood, you know, those guys that you hear that are, you know, in the AHL and NHL today, you know, they they still come around in Columbus in the summers and they come back and skate with the team when I was there. So, you know, getting to be around those guys and seeing the experiences that they've been through really helped motivate me and help, you know, drive me to play my best game, especially when I was uh, with the Blue Jackets. So. And we love seeing the Ohio kids here on our podcast, you know, moving up from, you know, the Ohio high school ranks or the Blue Jackets, uh, Barons, whatever to play for the, the college teams in Ohio. But I'm going to have to ask you about a kid from Minnesota uh, Torsten Lee, 32 points in the first 12 games. What, Come on. What's he doing? Come on, seriously. That, yeah, Torsten's the uh, type of player that, you know, you play with and, you know, the puck's always on a stick and he's the guy who manages to find it in the net no matter how or where. Who's <laughs> the puck? It always goes in. He kind of has that trait to him. You know, it's a special, unique trait. And he's a uh, smart offensive hockey player that, you know, I love playing with, you know, each and every night. You know, always can trust and count on him being on a team with him for at least two years now. So, but, Are you um, uh, line mates? Yes, I, I'm a, I, I'm a center, and uh, he's my uh, left wing. So, 32 points in the first 12 games. It sounds like you're playing against me and four other of my friends. <laughs> and we're the way puck, too the old. The puck to, is we're always way, on his stick. We're I way think might need one of the bigger too old to keep up with you. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, uh, Ohio product, uh, former late Catholic standout, Jacob Schmidt has got 15 goals for the first 11 games. He let me yeah, speak yeah, to this. Yeah, he terrorized the Great Lakes League, um, and he's doing the same uh, in college. Is he playing any forward, or is he he's scoring those goals from the blue line? Oh, no, Schmidt. I actually play with Schmidt and uh, Torsten as well. So I play with both of them on my sides, and uh, we have just, I think so far, just great chemistry. You know, we uh, you know started on the same team my freshman year two years ago. So, you know, us knowing each other, how we play, getting that offensive drive, and I think 
kind of with us and our line, getting to trust each other is kind of our, you know, our, our success story and uh, everything like that. So I think, you know, just us being together and, you know, being, you know, knowing each other, knowing our play style and trusting each other. I think that's been huge for us this season. So if, if my center was six two one ninety five, 195, I think I'd have 32 points in 12 games too. You think so? I, I, I'd love to be six two one ninety five. That'd be, well, I got the one ninety five down, but I'm five, six. <laughs> How did you decide on going to Miami? Yes. So, uh, Actually, before, um, you know, kind of my U18 um, kind of years as well, I was getting recruited to go play at uh, um, Ohio State and Miami as well, um, and then had two kind of unfortunate knee surgeries. Um, So kind of getting, you know, pulled from Miami from there. And then um, I actually have two older brothers that um, are, you know, went here and graduated. And uh, so I kind of had that experience, you know, getting to come down and visit, you know, get to see the campus life and, you know, go to a couple games at Goggin and, get the whole hockey experience back when the, you know, the, the program was ramped up and, you know, they were making, you know, in the playoffs and kind of going for their runs and, you know, had the notable people like Sean and, you know, all, all those guys coming in. So, you know, having, you know, getting down, getting the experience where you have your family here, it's kind of a place that makes it special. So that's kind of why I picked Miami. So. Have you been to CJ's yet? Are you old? I enough have been to, to CJ's. Are, are you old <laughs> enough to go to CJ's? I am old enough to go to CJ's. Okay. I, I, that was just like a legal disclaimer. You don't really have to be, but I have to ask that. Oh, so, no, for sure. No, you got to get in there. You got to get in. And have, how many times have you written your name on, uh, what is that, Bagel Street Deli? Yeah, Bagel and Deli. Yep. Bagel and Deli, I'm sorry. How many times oh, yeah. have you written your name on the wall? Written a name on the wall? I think I only have my name up there maybe once or twice. Well, so. you're 6'2", so you can get it up nice and high so it can't be erased. I love it. Right, right. <laughs> All right, well, Hunter, well, thank you for joining us, and uh, make sure you tell Jacob that, that uh, we said hello. He'll know who we are. Yeah, Jacob um, Schmitty. Uh, and good luck the rest of the year. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Perfect, guys. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Let's welcome on air from Xavier University, Coach Drew Carafales and fresh, freshman goaltender Jack Frames. Coach K, you still in the office? Oh, still in the office, you know. I love the fact Burning that he, the hold on, I love the fact that he's got the dress shirt hanging up behind him. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that. that it reminds me of that uh, scene in Casino. Uh, Casino where well, Coach, <laughs> hey, if Coach stands up and he's got no pants on, he's Sam Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you got him ironed got, in the closet. That's fantastic. Oh God, pants Coach, on. You wear the little strap-ons on, on the on the leg to keep your socks up. Those like are called a, garters. Garters. Sock garters. I do not. I do not. Maybe if I was Tim Driscoll's age, I would. But oh, <laughs> oh. See, 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 we brought Commissioner. Driscoll on is like kind of a ride-along program so he could see what a shit show we are. <laughs> well, Drew and I aren't the same age, but apparently we have, we're getting the same hairline very quickly. Oh, yes, we oh. are. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, hey, Danny, Danny, uh, do not edit this out. <laughs> Please no. Please no. Too fun. Hey, Danny, Danny, can you send out and see if they're available for holiday parties too? <laughs> oh my God. All right. All right. We'll get, we'll get it going. Jack's up there like, Oh shit. Just what is going down, on? Just <laughs> yeah. Right, just keep working hard, buddy. You're fine. All right. Let's get uh, again. Thanks guys for joining us. Uh, we'll spend some time here, but hey, true. It's your fourth year at the helm at Xavier. Uh, you grew up in Cincinnati, played for the AAA Blue Jackets before leaving Ohio to play tier two juniors and he- heading east to play college hockey. Are you doing the right things to build the hockey system here in Ohio? Like, what, what is it about keeping kids in Ohio to play for Ohio schools? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just systematically such an issue here in Cincinnati. I think 
people in Columbus and, and in Cleveland probably don't realize what it's like to get a sheet of ice here. Uh, in Cincinnati, I think there's three sheets of ice and a fourth is private and is a country club. So you're looking at three sheets of ice for a, a youth program, obviously university club teams, you've got high school, things like that. It leads to us practicing 10, 15 PM, things like that. Um, and it can be very challenging to get ice in general. Hence, you know, hockey's not huge here in my entire reason for coaching was I saw the systemic issue. I think um, obviously hockey, it's a numbers game, right? You see kids from Columbus, the sport's grown hugely. Now you see kids playing D1 pro level Cleveland, same, same thing. If you get the numbers, it's a numbers game. It will happen. But right now, A, there's not numbers and B, the quality of coaching, I think, in the city as a whole uh, is certainly subpar. And I think my entire goal of coaching is to hope that I can strengthen some some youth. And, you know, uh, down the road, I think coaching some youth hockey would be great. Uh, but for now, I think uh, given my age and I'm able to connect with some college kids where I'm kind of older brother versus dad, I think right now is uh, is my target. So keeping our kids here in Ohio, right, playing at, you know, in, like in your league, the T-Show, we got the commissioner on with you, and, and we're always impressed with what uh, Tim has done with the T-Show and how he's expanding the T-Show. How is it, how, you know, what, what are the challenges that you have to keep the guys here in Ohio? I'd say Xavier's very unique, right, as a whole. Xavier – I think Jack can probably answer this better than I. I think the university as a whole, I'd, I'd imagine, Jack, that the vast majority of students are not from Ohio. I think, to my knowledge, our hockey team has three or four players on the roster in Ohio. And so, so I don't mean to interrupt you, Coach, but yep. so, and again, I appreciate those non-Ohio guys coming here to Ohio to play, but what can we do to keep our Ohio guys here? I think it's happening and you've seen it happen quite a bit over the last 10, 12 years. I'm thinking back to 2008, 2009, where I almost left to play in prep school or you had to go to Pittsburgh or to Detroit to play in a AAA program. Now you've got Columbus hundred miles here from Cincinnati. You've got Cleveland keeping players here. You have Jack Roslavic that played here, Connor Murphy, Sean Corrali. You have all these guys that stayed in state Sean and Jack even played college hockey here. You have the ranks of, I mean, Ohio State's nationally ranked now. Miami's programs on the rebuild. You saw what Chris did at Bowling Green for years and also did it with local kids. It's a huge deal. And our hope is that it continues to get better and keep kids here. I mean, I think it's a huge deal for the state in hockey. I love what you said right there, that what these guys have done with local kids. I, I, that, that's the, the, that statement is, is great. That statement's great. Jack, how are you, buddy? Kind of walked into the firing spot. Jack, can we, can we get a little more volume on you? I can try. That's good. Is it better? Yep. Yep. Okay, good. As long as we're good. So Jack, you kind of walked into a firing spot in comedy central here when you started, but welcome to the show. Uh, you played Cincinnati Moeller in high school in the Capitol hockey conference. You jumped directly into the college game. How did Moeller and the CHC prepare you for the ACHA level? Um, more than a few ways. Uh, for one, just the camaraderie with my teammates, uh, going to school with my teammates every day, being best friends with them. That was certainly a big thing. Cause it, I instantly jumped into Xavier and felt that same camaraderie and it got me 
it, it got me used to the game and something got me comfortable with the team, especially after such a rough loss in our very first game of the season against Miami, which I believe finished nine nothing. It was it felt really hard as a freshman goalie coming out of that and just the built team building around that from not only Moeller, but also coming into Xavier and feeling that is so much better. And you've already played uh six games as a true freshman. Um how is that? What, what are your impressions of the Tri-States Collegiate Hockey League so far? Super fun, super competitive, and can't wait for the next three and 75% years, three quarter years. And coach, uh, how has Jack's transition been uh, to the college game at Xavier? And what's your goalie rotation looking like this year? Where to start? Well, we threw Jack right into the fire uh with with playing Miami arguably one of the the best teams by far in our our league and certainly one of the top competitors in the region and frankly the country so a 9-0 start probably isn't what we wanted to do uh Jackson a unique situation uh we lost a a starting goalie um his senior year would have been last year that got canceled because of covid and we had a second senior and a, another junior not come back. So Jack walked into a squad of zero goaltenders, and he's what we have. And we're reliant on Jack pretty much every game to make it happen. He's been phenomenal for us. We grabbed a, a big win on Friday night. It was a good team win. Um, so, Jack, you're, you're all I have between the pipes. So thank you. <laughs> uh I just like looking at Jack's face. Well, there's no goalie controversy. Yeah. You know, so that's good. Planning practice is fun. I'm sure. (laughs) Jack, what was your like, what was your time like at, at, at Moeller? You know, we we have, we have some uh, personal uh, friends from the Moeller area and uh, you know, we respect them a lot with the hockey. So what was your time like at Moeller? Talk a little bit about Moeller hockey. I only played for one year, my senior year, to be honest, but. In my one year there, I loved every bit of it. I was playing with some of my best friends. I was playing with kids who I hadn't played with in years. I was playing with just kids who I enjoyed playing with and who just loved the game and who just wanted the best for everyone there. So we can put this on the air. We don't have to put this on the air. Why didn't you play your first three years? I was playing football hockey. Okay. For the Tri-State Spartans. Okay. 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 All right. So part of coaching uh, coach at the uh, uh, college level is getting your players ready to start the next phase of their lives where they graduate and leave the nest. Uh, you told me earlier that you had a special group of seniors this year. How did hockey help prepare you for your professional life? Yeah, I think when you think about hockey as a whole, and again, we talk numbers game, there's only so many players that can play in the NHL. And then in the United States, there's only a few leagues even below that you can make a living. So hockey, I think most kids should use not for a a lifestyle, not for a career. Thankfully, I was able to kind of use it as a stepping stone into the next phase of life. Um, If I didn't play hockey, I wouldn't have the career I had today. The only reason I have this job is someone saw a resume and saw an NCAA hockey player and the rest is history. For me, it was uh, a door opening with the North American Hockey League, the amount of places I was able to travel to. Um, I, my end goal wasn't to play hockey till I was 35 and lose my teeth. Uh, my end goal was to enjoy it while I could 
it also just taught me foundation structure and really just allowed me to use competition and work ethic to now grind and transition into my professional career. So, so with, with that being said, uh, you know, obviously we have commissioner Driscoll on here and you guys are in a unbelievable league. And we've mentioned this earlier in the conversation about uh, the rivalries and how well uh, commissioner Driscoll uh, runs the league. And, and again, we can, you know, bust chops on each other's hairlines and this and that, but um, you know, uh, commissioner Driscoll, what is, what is Xavier? Like how, how big is Xavier to this league? Well, let me start by saying I, I admittedly extremely biased in terms of my affection to the program because of the time I spent there. Um, but Xavier, I think is, you know, Drew, I, I, he said it so well and in so many different ways, but I think what Xavier represents is it's this small school, right? It's a small, extremely difficult um, academic school. We've been talking about this with the other folks, but you don't have to look back more than last year, not the, not the COVID year, but the year before to find out that Xavier and under coach K's direction has the ability to win the league championship. There's zero question about it. Heartbreaking loss in overtime in the semifinals last year, kept them out of competing for the championship. So make no mistake about it. Um, what he's doing and what the kind of kids they're attracting Ohio or otherwise represents a strong brand of hockey. Um, I worried, admittedly, most about Xavier and Dayton as a result of the COVID because of the size of their enrollment and their ability to, you know, replace kids like Drew just spoke about, you know, the turnover and the goaltenders. I worried about those programs the most because of that. I don't worry about them anymore after watching um, them. I, in fact, I had the, ability, the opportunity to attend the game um, this week. Uh, of Xavier's and they're going to be just fine. They'll be right back in the thick of it here in no time. And I'm sure the flyers will be strong on their heels as well. So Xavier's and, legit. they're here to stay. And again, I, I, I do want to mention that, you know, I, I didn't mean to come at it with it being like, this has to be only Ohio guys coach, but you know, I mean, Ohio hockey digest, we were talking about Ohio guys and we, we appreciate the fact of bringing non-Ohio guys into our state and growing the game. So uh, I, I, uh, I apologize if I came off strong that, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about Ohio schools and our job here is to grow Ohio schools. If I may, um, it's, what's interesting about that, Tim, is there's a, there's a, maybe a slightly different way of looking at it, which I appreciate what you were just saying, but there's this other thing where these kids from out of state come to Ohio Absolutely. Uh, to, to get their degrees and, and to um, play hockey. And then they stay. Mm-hmm. They stay in the state of Ohio because they realize what a great area is, what a great part of the country it is. And these kids, these transplanted New Englanders become Ohioans, and then they start growing the brand of hockey and the, and the overall all, all boats rise because of it. It's an interesting thing that you can see it happening um, in a lot of the different schools. Well said. Well, well said, Commissioner. Some, some of those transplanted New Englanders start Ohio hockey websites. <laughs> like yourself, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Coach K, um, Michigan joined the league this year and you started off your league rivalry with Michigan with a, a pair of one goal losses to the Wolverines a few weeks back. How did the team bounce back against Bowling Green last weekend? Yeah, it was, it was tough seeing Michigan on the schedule that early. I think frankly, our team had no idea what to expect. You see the Michigan Wolverines hockey prowess and we were probably a little timid. Uh, we lost two close ones 
we played well both games. Just sometimes you can't win them all. Uh, Friday night at Bowling Green was by far the best hockey our team has played in quite some time. Um, the kids really moved their feet. I think we were down 3-1 after the first, won the second period, 3-0, went up 6-3. Uh, they scored a few late to bring it close. But by far a, an unbelievable performance from our team after a three-hour bus ride to BG. It was, it was great, a league win for us. It was a big deal. And we know who was in net. We do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Coach, good luck with the rest of the year. Jack, good luck in the net. Um, we know it's yours. We know it's yours. Uh, we've been told it's yours. So, uh, And we look for it. And I, I want to say this, and I've said this to um, all the coaches and players of the T-Show, that you know we, we, we look forward to seeing the T-Show games and, and this – whole group here in this podcast we've now 66 episodes in uh look forward to coming down and watching you guys play and and doing what you guys do so uh you know jack stick to it play hard and uh coach thank you for doing what you're doing you got it guys thank you for having us we appreciate it welcome ish uh we talked to a lot of your players coaches in the league uh many more to catch up with but uh, just kind of talk to us a little bit about uh, the league is, uh, your league has started. You guys are moving in the right direction. You know, just tell us something that, that is on your mind and, and what you want people to know about your league right now. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that question. I, you know, it's, we've talked about it in the past, but I think it's truer now than it ever has been with the way the season started off. And that is top to bottom across the board. It's a league where you can come no matter what school you choose. You're going to be playing a high brand of hockey and you're four years later or however long it might take, maybe an extra year, um, however long it takes to get that degree. I was six six years. All right. First of all, he was right behind me. I was five and a half. He's full of shit. I don't care what he's listening. I was not. That's impressive. You both have your PhDs. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) All right. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. So, but you know, you might, it might be a boring answer, but I think that's the reality. You, we just added Michigan to the mix, right? Mm-hmm. You can't add a much stronger academic influence than that. And really, really good hockey. They just gave uh, Miami the scare of their life, you know, uh, this, this past weekend. So um, if you want to play high brand of hockey, stay close to home and have a world-class academic degree, you have countless choices within our conference. And that's what we're most proud of. And I, I would dare say we will send several teams, probably five or more, into the postseason national tournament. And I bet one or two will qualify for the national tournament. And mark my words, we are knocking on the door of bringing home the national championship trophy by one of these teams in this conference. That's going to happen. I, I, and I, I agree with you 100%. And, and I want to start uh, at, at what you said at the beginning of this the academic side of this, I mean, the schools that are in your, in your conference, Tim, are just, I mean, they're top-notch academic schools, and they bring great athletic abilities with them. And that, that if we can have both those put together everywhere, it's a good thing. So, uh, hey, Tim, thanks again for joining us. We love having you on. We love listening to, to you, uh, your programs, uh, your players. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. And uh, thanks for being such a friend of the show. 
Well, likewise, guys, what you're doing is fantastic stuff. So I'm sincerely appreciative of it. And we, in all seriousness, we do need to get together at a rink here and um, just spend some time together. And we've got yet yeah, you get in a front row seat, so to speak, of seeing the action and spending some time together. I'd like I'd like to make that happen this year. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like I'm talking to one of my good friends who I've never met in person because of this goddamn Zoom Zoom thing that we talk we do all the time. So that and again, Tim Driscoll, commissioner of the T Show. Thanks for joining us this entire uh, podcast, Tim. Thanks so much, guys. Take good care. All right, you too. The third period of this episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on air podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Visit www.ohiohockeyproject.com to learn about fall drop-in sessions currently taking place at four locations across the region. Well, guys, uh, I mean, I, I I could sit there and talk to Tim Driscoll and his group all day long. He puts together a great, great program when it comes to the t-show uh it i think talking about scholastic athletes and making sure that academics i mean hell as a teacher i think that's important i think we all think it's important but making sure that that academic portion of it tim's doing a hell of a job yeah i mean we can't all play in the nhl right so well, what got, is it? What is it? I don't mean to interrupt you, Scott, but what is it? Oh, 1% or less than 1%? No, not even close to 1%. Right. Yeah. Right. Not even close to 1% get to get an NCAA division one scholarship. Okay. Much less move on from there to pro. So, um, but you have 10 schools, great schools where kids are able to leverage playing hockey and to get into a good school and have a great uh, experience as a student athlete at a great school and move on to the next stage of their life. If you look at the schools in the tri-state, those are some of the, I don't want to say hardest schools to get into. They're They're academically elite. They are. They're academically elite. So he's not only, and I I love this about what he's doing. He's committed to this. He is so committed Mm -hmm. to this. He's committed to this academic elite group that no one thinks you could all well they're just academically elite no but he's gonna bring competitive he just said it tonight he guarantee he doesn't guarantee but he it wouldn't shock him if there's a national championship come out of the t-show in the next two or three years i probably would agree with him well th- think about this all right if you're a hockey player you don't really think of the school and then you come to a point where you realize that all right i'm obviously not going to make hockey a living I need to go to school. So hockey drops off. Hockey becomes less than. Well, what Tim and his group have been able to do on a consistent basis, because they've built every year since, since I'm sure before uh, Commissioner Driscoll was there, but he's been able to put together the best of both worlds. So you can get that high quality education because ultimately that's what you're there for. But then Tim has been, made it possible for these schools to, to compete in a league that these elite academic people are able to play elite hockey. Yeah. So you're bringing the, Tim has brought the best of both worlds to our area, to the, the tri-states hockey league, collegiate hockey league, excuse me. 
And, you know, something that coach K said that stuck out with me was found the foundation and structure that, that hockey brings in a person, you know, what, what are we talking about? We're talking, when we talk to the guys from, from Dayton and era, was it Dayton? Yeah. When we talked to the guys from Dayton and they said that, you know, they've, they've had a, it's been an interesting transition to be able to balance both. Well, their, their foundation and structure that they grew up in is helping them with that. So hockey, you know, you can get that education. You can go to that elite school and still play hockey and at a great, great level. So hats off to commissioner Driscoll, man. He's, he's there's a reason we enjoy talking to him. And great rivalries too. You got a lot of the, the, the major schools in Ohio, obviously six Ohio schools, and you've got the Kentucky and Louisville rivalry. You bring Michigan in to spice mm-hmm. things up. You get the midnight games down in Kentucky, which we got to get to, man. Yes. I'm, uh, hey, boss man, I'm working on it. We'll make that happen. Yeah, hey, hey, know, I think we need an RV. That? I think we need Bowling an RV. Green, Bowling Green is a much shorter drive, but we, you know, we'll, we'll... I know Bowling Green doesn't play at midnight. Right. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I came very close. I was on my way to Bowling Green for a college visit with my son. And had we left uh, two hours earlier, I would have been able to take in that game he was talking about, the Bowling Green Xavier game. Oh, really? Yeah, I was actually uh, talking to Tim on the on our way up in the car, and I said, I'm on my way to Bowling Green. He's like, oh, they're playing right now. So I missed the game. But Day late, dollar short, yeah. East Coast. Well, I, th- I think we definitely need to at least make a trip down to Kentucky uh, to see that uh, gong show. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> I just like the gong show part of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. You're right. There's a reason there's, it's an atmosphere. It's an environment. It's that's why we want to go to it. It's not a a party. It's a gathering. It's not a gong show. It's whatever you just said. I don't even remember. No, it's a gathering. (laughs) No, the guys, the kid said earlier, we went to a party. It's it's not a party. It's a gathering. Right. But, but what have we always said, Jay? What? Create the atmosphere. No, right. When you and I started uh, a certain high school team back in the day, we said, let's make this an event. Oh, yeah. Well, if we can make it an that. event, people will come. And if people come, people will want to then play there. For those that are wondering what we're talking about, go watch the Vegas Golden Knights. Right. They could be the crappiest team in the National Hockey League. It would still sell out every night because it is an event. Create, it's created. It, it, whatever. Right. It's, and I'm not going to go it's down good stuff. our past, but that's how we oh, yeah. built that program. So you create an event, Kentucky's doing it the right way. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. They've look, been doing look, it for years down look, there at midnight. Right. It's fantastic. Let's have a midnight game. People will go out and gather all day, right? <laughs> and, and then they will go to the midnight game. Danny, you okay? You look, look at him over there. Look at him. Danny, every day I love you. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thumbs up from Dan. All right, Danny, any, fi- any final words before we leave? Um. If anyone's looking to uh, possibly purchase or I'm just willing to give away two dogs, let me know. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. So Hey, it's, ir- it's, it, it, it's ironic that the hat I have on is uh, Project Second. Was it Project Second Chance out of uh, Alexandria, Virginia? No free ads. Actually, free ads. It's a friend of mine. So if you're looking to get rid of dogs, we can make that happen. All right. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going well over there at the Humphrey House, but and it was great catching up with Commissioner Driscoll from the T-Show and some of his players and coaches from around the league. Check www.ohiohockeydigest.com for the full lineup of upcoming guests. We are continuing to grow the game as best as we can. 
This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast.